This episode is brought to you by Combo Curve, uh, the cloud-based operating system for energy companies. We met these guys early on back when it was just Armand and Jeremy, and now they're up to like 75 people. They just closed on a Series B round of funding and are rapidly expanding the platform's core capabilities. So they're crushing it, and I think they're crushing it because they're doing what people said was impossible. Everyone said, hey, when it comes to reserves and economic software, Aries and PhD win, they can't be beat. They're the incumbents, they're the legacy software. They've been around forever. That's what the banks use, it's the format the banks like. But guys like Armand and Jeremy used Aries and PhD Win themselves. And all of their friends also used Aries and PhD Win. And everyone knew that something was missing. And it was just a it was just not really a, a great and comprehensive product. Everybody always complained about it. So these guys, long story short, set out to scratch their own itch and they're proving all the doubters wrong. So now you engineers can take raw data and generate a detailed cash flow statement in minutes not in days. And so their integrated platform lets you feed in live data, forecast, create type curve, generate economics, map and schedule, all of that, then in one single tool that you can collaborate with your team on. One of the coolest parts is that it's actually beautiful software. It's got such a great UI UX. It was one of the first things that I, sh I said to the guys whenever they first showed it to us. And so it makes working in combo curve enjoyable. So if you want more information or if you want to schedule a demo, head on over to combocurve.com. This is the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland. What's up, Wildcatters? Welcome back to another episode of The Best Show on the Planet. We've got Andrew Rashad here with... Did I, did I nail it? Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, I had to put a little pizzazz in there. Automated rig technologies. What's up, dude? Oh, everything. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, uh, it's great to be down here in Houston after about two years and uh, really, you know, love First, what you guys are doing, love what you're doing for the community. And thanks for the invite, Colin. First time down here in two years, huh? You're a free man. <sighs> yeah, it feels like that. Cage. Feels like that. Yeah. <laughs> we, so. get, we get sloppy seconds of oil money, but it's all right. <laughs> yeah, he went on a low money first. Well, Donnie's Donnie's been messaging me on and off for quite some time, so uh, I guess it's just because I'm I'm I was lucky enough to be top of mind in his first phone call. Right? <laughs> how do you do, how you and Donnie know each other? It was right before I think he got let let go or what, whatever whatever went on with his previous company. Yeah. Um, him and I were reaching out. I think I just reached out to him and I said like I love what you guys are doing or what you're doing out in link, LinkedIn there and loved what Digital Wildcatters was doing, kind of seeing what JP and Keith and everybody was yeah. doing. And we're sitting up in Canada going, damn, we really got to figure out how to how to get out there a little bit more. So I was reached out to reached out to Donnie and uh, you know just had a good long phone call conversation with him and and then just kept it going from LinkedIn there. Awesome. Where are you? Uh, where are you at in Canada? We're in Calgary. In Calgary. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. It seems like that's like the only place to live in Canada. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't even know anybody. But the people that we else. talk to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. We, we our our oper or our engineering admin office is up in uh, in or is in Calgary, and then we have uh, an operations facility in Edmonton, like fifty thousand square feet with uh, oh, cool. four acre yard. So that shop went right through COVID. Um, we had the ability to space everyone out, but our Calgary office, we actually 
shut the office down and just moved. Like, I think like you guys, we just have a lot of people working from home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, yeah. the Calgary office, it just makes sense to keep people at home. Everyone, yeah. everyone's responsible and looks after themselves. And yeah. Teams is amazing. So. so what is automated rig? What do you guys do? So automated rig started 11 years ago in my basement and we started off as zone management technologies. So our company was, uh, we were coming hot off the heels of selling a, or part. I was partners in a, company uh, called Iron Derrickman, okay. sold to Weatherford in spring of 2008, um, and then uh, started this in my basement in 2009 with Jonathan Strashik, so our electrical engineer. And so we were going down the path of uh, mapping 3D structure, uh, people, and equipment for anti-collision, because the Iron Derrickman was a robotic arm that sat in the rack and board, and there was a lot of, you know, th- three or four control systems that, that could run into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we quickly realized we needed industry contacts and money. Um, so we brought in kind of the group that we had f- pre Iron Derrickman or through Iron Derrickman. So it was a consulting business that we were doing before that, uh, like land-based drilling solutions. So we put everybody in the, in the room and, and, and just started growing from there. So everyone was very, um, what we have is uh, three main buckets, technical disciplines, right? We've got electrical software kind of in one, we've got hydraulic, and then we've got mechanical. And so out of those three buckets, each one of the people in those buckets has like 35 plus years experience in, in, in the land-based drilling and, and surface equipment world. Um, so we can take those tes- technical disciplines and then apply them to solutions for clients. So early days, so the first five years of, iron, of automated rig was, um, was basically applying those solutions for, for clients. Um, kind of had a poor business model at the beginning of where we had, you know, we were running the 80-20 rule. So we had, you know, we were looking after those 20% of clients that paid 80% of your, your mm-hmm. life and, and, and whatnot. Um, and then when 2015 hit, you know, those five clients went down to two. And uh, so we went from 63 employees down to 13 and nobody was leaving because they were, weren't performing. We had an amazing team. So we, we kind of shifted gears in 2015 and we bought a company called C-Tech Design and Manufacturing. So that started us on the growth path again. And, and we, um, we, we took over continuous rod running equipment. So manufacturing uh, from rod plants to transport of continuous rod to the injectors and the small little rigs that run that. And there's more, f- the, uh, and, and then s- shortly after that, we were coming off a, uh, a solutions um, uh, project, and, and that solutions project was for an offshore continuous tripping machine. But our heart and soul is in land based drilling, land based solutions. And one thing led to another, and we ended up coming up with the technology that really underpins our whole business, which is something called a jointed pipe injector. And so that's, that's where the culmination of the last 12 years has landed us right now today. So that's what I'm on this trip about. That's what... So let's... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rewind. I know there's a lot there to unpack. Yeah. Like, okay, we're going to start unpacking that. <laughs> now let's go back to the business that you sold for Weatherford. Um, with essentially this automated um, Derek yeah. arm, you know, I see those a lot offshore. Yeah. Um, is that the same? Is that the same design, or were these being used on on land rigs? 
you know, the one that you guys had designed and sold to Weatherford. Yeah, so that that was a land-based. The focus of that company was a small, lightweight arm that could move on high-spec triples and move quickly, right? So there's a different world offshore than it, than it is on mm -hmm. land. Mm -hmm. um, offshore is basically like a mobile factory that just picks up and moves, right? Versus land where you're you're breaking the rig down every six to yeah. 20 days and and moving it. So the scope was very different. That was a uh, sort of the, the things that you see in the offshore, like a lot of those star rackers are like parallelograms. Yeah. So the um, arm that is grabbing the pipe is, is, is mechanically locked to being vertical. This, this machine was what was a, was not, it was an arm with one pivot point and the, and the physical handler of the, uh, of, of the arm would come up against the pipe and the automated portion, just so we define, cause there's, there's two things, there's two camps. There's, a lot of people use the term automation but, um, or automated, but it's really mechanized. Mm -hmm. In this case, this machine was uh, sort of a hybrid of both. So an operator would, uh, you know, run a joystick and they would say, too well. So they didn't do any mental calculations and joystick and running from this point to, to, to the well center. They would just hold a button and all the math would work to get that arm out to well center. And then they would do the pickup and then they would hold two, two rack. And the, and the unit would run up the center of the finger and, and it was a polar machine. So then it would run all the way up as opposed to like an XY racket type thing. And then it would drop off in location. So you, the, 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 the operator was required to, um, to manually look after the well center and look after the racking board, but everything in between was calculated. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm. Yeah. And so you guys sell that to Weatherford, you said 2007? Spring of 2008. 2008. Okay, cool. Um, I'm sure that was a good feeling to build something and, and sell it and feel successful in that, huh? It, yeah, it was, we had a wicked team there. We had, we had offices in Denver, uh, in Houston, uh, about 60 to 70 people wow. at the company. So that was a lot of fun, um, with, with, with just building up the team and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Selling was great. I mean, yeah. it, it, the timing, nobody knew what was coming 2000 mm. or 20, you know, 2009. Yeah, yeah, right after that you had a downturn. So yeah. it's actually um something I think about a lot in the timing of selling uh companies. You know, it's always you always think about we could hold out, build more enterprise value, get a bigger yeah. acquisition, but in this business, <laughs> one or two years can make a big difference <laughs> if you hit a downturn. And there's a there's a good um uh not uh, not Darcy uh uh, the Spears and Associates, they've got a fantastic, um, uh, one of their, one of their podcasts actually talks about exactly this, like timing when they've, they've, they've done the data or run the data to, to decide when the best time is. And it sort of seems like according to their data, if I remember correctly, I think it was about six months ago, they put this out, but it was like two years into a democratic leadership, like in, in the States. Is, yeah. is the best time. Like it's not in the middle of, of, of the Republican side. It's, it's what two years into the democratic yeah. leadership. Is that uh, specific they, for oil and gas? Yeah. Yeah. I okay. think that's what they did. I'll, if I ever find it, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot it. Try through. to find it and yeah. send it to us. I'd be yeah. really interested to uh, listen to that and take a look. Yeah. Did you, you know, not to get like, I, I like hearing people's journeys yep. and, um, you know, one thing that I hear a lot when people sell a company or product is like, they kind of lose, lose their identity or lose their purpose or it's your you baby get, you get you know you get to that your team yeah, yeah you get to that point and you're just like okay what now and you know it sounds like you go 
hunker down in the basement and you start working on the next thing. But what did you feel after you guys uh, sold? Well, we can go dark because mental health is good. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So um, I actually, I actually had a nervous breakdown that year, the 2000, before the sale or after? eight after, okay. after in the fall of, so um, lots of other things going on, but I just, but exactly what you're talking about. It's that identity. Like I, was part of the, um, uh, I was there from day one, right? So I, th- I was consulting before the first employee got hired. The, I was the second employee that got hired into the, into the payroll. Um, I lived on drilling rigs. I think Enzyme Rig 89 might have been the first rig that that was on. And I slept on the drill floor for three days. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I stayed up the first couple days um, uh, on, that, on that job. Uh, I think I stayed up for almost 34 hours, something like that. And when I fell asleep in the, in one of the shacks, like it was just, so yeah, you, 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 you create this, you create this whole persona in the company. You're living, breathing it. Like my wife was just like, stop talking about it at house parties. Nobody cares. <laughs> and I'm like, but that's who I am. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and so, um, yeah, it, it was, it was tough. It was tough. Um, I didn't have kids at the time. My wife was pregnant. So we were just getting into all of those sorts of things. Yeah. And, and, and my whole philosophy on life has changed. My whole, the way I handle stress now is totally different. You know, it's it's a different world. Yeah. But yes, I totally get what you're saying. What about the, what's like the positive side of it? Uh, The positive side of it uh, coming out of it is, is, is uh, the positive side of selling or the positive side of the. Or both. I mean, all of it. The breakdown part. Um, this the positive side of selling um you know what was really interesting was watching the team that we had built up grow inside of weatherford Mm. right like there were guys that we started off that that were in the apprenticeship world that ended up being global product champions that's pretty cool, right so that was that was awesome um and it was and and just to back up that was partly why i ended up leaving in january of 2009 was just like i'm having kids i'm selling the house Mm-hmm. breakdown i'm like i just need to let you know let go basically mm-hmm. right and then you you watch all these other guys take take things uh on their own like that's pretty cool it's great yeah 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 so you um you hunker down in the basement you get this idea you said the business model you know is a little little broken in those first five years or so let's talk about the ideation you know when you're down there in the basement, I just like using that. It's like the metaphor. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. The basement. It's got to add some mystique to it. Yeah. Um, For us, it was the closet. Yeah, we had a closet. Oh, uh, all good. I mean, we didn't <laughs> right even have, closet. there was no drywall on the walls. It was just like my <laughs> new house and there was poly and uh, and insulation and we yeah. were writing on the poly. So if you go back to that That's house. That's all I rip- think, man. I, I used to live outside of Seattle as a kid and I loved how all the houses had basements. Yeah. I yeah. wish we had basements here. Like I'd be down there all the time working, yeah. but um so you get this, you start ideating, coming up with the next idea, kind of walk us through those early days of, you know, how did you, how did you come up with an idea of what were you thinking? And then let's build up to when you guys acquired that other company. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we're, we are really lucky in the fact that our, our group has been involved with land-based drilling contractors for 20 some odd years plus, right? So, um, some of our group was fundamental to the founding of Tesco 
like the top drive guys. Yeah. Um, one of our, our, our VP of engineering was at Precision for 17 years and he roughnecked before he started there. Awesome. So, so a lot of the guys that when we, when we put everyone in that room, so when Jonathan and I were in the basement, we were, we were, we were pulling in electrical jobs because that's both of our background, mm-hmm. uh, doing moving systems and radio control systems for people. And, and, we were calling the mechanical guys. The mechanical guys were calling us to do jobs for them. The hydraulic guys were doing the same. And we're like, well, if we put everyone under the same roof, we already know we have this subject matter expert group, and we already know that we have high-powered, very, very driven people. Everyone consulted before, so it was their own little kingdoms that they were running, right? Mm-hmm. And we work really well as a team. So um, we just put everyone in the room, and we kind of had, a, we had a, uh, a little PowerPoint presentation for everyone. Because everyone had, and everyone had their chance to kind of put their ideas up on the board and then go, what, what do you think uh, of this idea or this idea or this idea? And we sort of vetted out these ideas and we started to chase down some stuff. And it was, uh, it was, it was at that point that um, some of the ideas that we had literally given to clients in the early 2000s and they hadn't done anything with because they, they didn't have the electrical or the hydraulic or the mechanical under one roof. Mm-hmm. It became very apparent that it was like, well, we're just going to commercialize these ideas we gave away for free because nobody did anything with them and they're brilliant. Yeah. So were you guys in the beginning stages looking at this as kind of like a engineering consulting firm where yeah. you guys are going to go help uh, drilling companies, um, you know, develop new technology or ideas like, hey, look, we have all the expertise, both from an electrical, mechanical and hydraulic. Yeah. Um, perspective, we can help you. And then it sounds like these companies internally didn't have the SMEs that they needed to actually build out and deploy. So you guys are like, oh, hey, we'll just we'll just do it ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And 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 we because of the relationships that we had before, it was it was a lot of from what I understand. And I wasn't doing a lot of the sales at the time because we were just sitting down as engineered consulting group with a client. We didn't compete against anybody for those first five years. Clients would just come to us and go, hey, we have XYZ problem. Can you guys solve it? And we would go, here's a rate. We think we can do it in this time. And this is what the, the Gantt chart looks like. Mm-hmm. And they would either say, yeah, that's something we want to go, go after or not. Right? Yeah. And then when everything just, and, and then, <laughs> then everything just craters away uh, in 2015. So, um, you know, a lot of the hardware that we were, that we were supplying to clients like Enzyme. Enzyme's historically been a big client of ours. Yeah. And um, I think we were doing 15 or 16 hydraulic power units for their, their big rigs. And 13 of them might have got canceled overnight. So mm-hmm. you're just, everyone's just reeling in, in that 20, late 2014, 2015 kind of time frame, right? Yeah. How, do you, how do you pivot and, and, and change up? So going into that, and especially kind of looking at the struggle there, kind of going back to the inception of that, you know, you, you sell, you could have easily probably retired and never done anything again. And I think I know the answer to this, but I want to hear you kind of articulate it and kind of see how you think about it. Like why immediately go back to the whiteboard, gather the team around and go at it again? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, uh, but to, to answer, to answer the, or to, to comment on the assumption, no, I couldn't retire. (laughs) We're not there yet. Um, uh, definitely some of the guys in our team could have, um, but I think it's that underlying passion of solving problems. Mm-hmm. Like our whole group is like that. Yeah. It, it, almost to a fault, like to, a, like, like to, to put business to the side and focus solely on the problem that the client mm-hmm. has. 
mm-hmm. and, and, and just make it right, no matter what. If it's it, it not, not even if there's anyone, not anybody at fault for anything, they're just, they just want to make the solution, uh, create the solution for them. Yeah. yeah. Our guys are very driven like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, the whole team, like I said, focuses more on the solution than any of the commercial part. Like yeah. that, that, I think I speak for both of us. I don't think I have no intention of ever retiring. Yeah. It's of no interest to me whatsoever. I have to be doing something and I have to have a purpose oh. and sitting on the beach, <laughs> sipping my ties is like not a purpose that I want to, but not the life I want to live. I, I, I will agree. And I hope my wife doesn't watch this because <laughs> she's got, she's You've got been telling her a dream. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, going um, way, way back. We did, I did, we did her and I took a year off, off, uh, and traveled and, and my, brain doesn't do well with that i need to to was it the whole i thought a lot about that like you know what if is it the whole time you're sitting here just thinking of new ideas and talking to people and piecing together the next team yeah it's 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 all the stuff like uh it it, you because you're exposed or we're we're exposed to oil and gas so much you know i hear a lot of the stuff that you guys you guys both talk about in the crypto world for example and that's just taking off and that's because you've got this meld right of two worlds you're seeing something over here and you can apply it to what we're doing here mm-hmm. basically um i i i cons- i've always consumed an immense amount of information so is our team and applying stuff from outside right into the oil and gas industry and it's it's so exciting like yeah. when you get this when you when you really realize that solution and it and it can can help and benefit and it, it's it's awesome right yeah I like how you guys were thinking of these ideas and solutions and then, you know, the drilling rig uh, companies didn't have the expertise to actually deploy them or execute on them. Um, it's funny because the digital ball catters, you know, had this idea in 2016, like, oh, we're going to help all these oil and gas service companies with yeah. content marketing. And this is the way, this is the future. And none of them, like, we couldn't get a single client. Like, okay, we're just going to take these ideas and do it ourselves. And that's yeah. what digital, that's how digital wallcatters came to be. It is. It's, it's, and, and it's funny because I, I, I wrote a, um, I, I love what you guys are doing in this space because it's, br- it's so brilliant. There's a book written maybe in late 2009, 10, 11 area by a, a guy named Eric Qualman. Okay. And it's called Social Nomics. Yeah, and and I don't know if you've ever seen anything. I haven't, but, but he has this. He has this. Uh, Can look it up now. This line that he like that is brilliant, and it still applies. It's like, what's the ROI of social media? And it's that your business will exist in ten years. Yeah, right. And and that's that's makes so much sense. So I wrote a four four inch binder. I have no marketing training, no nothing, but I have this four inch binder that still has our social media plan that never got executed. Yes, we because <laughs> it wasn't a solve a solution we were trying to solve at the time. Yeah. Right, we were just. Focused. Yeah. It's just a passion. Well, my thing is, is that content is the highest leverage activity of our generation. If you look at previous generations, all the leverage was in allocating capital. Yeah. Like whoever had the capital had the leverage. Yeah. Now you look and you see every person that has a following on Twitter is starting a rolling fund. And, you know, content is the king now. Yeah. And I've always said that for like, you know, you said it here, um, connected with Donnie over LinkedIn through yeah content you know we've connected on linkedin through content we and, connected on linkedin <laughs> jake and i connected <laughs> on on linkedin we connected so, with, with stephanie on LinkedIn. you know everyone's talking about web 3 now you know in the crypto world and i'm like people still don't even understand the power of web 2 mm-hmm. you know you're trying to sell them on web 3 people don't even understand the power of web 2 and um you know just 
like uh, I see people going around sometimes about how social media is a waste of time. I was like, it's a waste of time because you use it wrong. Mm-hmm. You use it right. It's there's a, a good ROI. There's a whole discussion. I know that this is kind of diverging from from all the the oil and gas side, but one of the questions, like when you were showing me the sneak peek there, and we we're talking about the app. The app's called Clyde. Clyde. Yeah, yeah. I got it. I got to download yeah. it. I'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll work for me from here. Um, <laughs> but there's a whole conversation about uh, and and I know you'll connect the dots, but the the tokenization of communities and building that up and basic and and and, and I mean, mm-hmm. you guys are on the right path. I, I, yeah. I think you guys are going to hit it out of the park. Yeah. With that. Yeah. I mean, spend a lot of time thinking about one communities. Yeah. And I think that every you know there's kind of this convergence between uh new media companies and technology and if you look at new media companies like digital wildcatters you know technically we're a media company but to jake and i we think we're a community yeah we have a community and that's what separates us from uh you know cnbc or bloomberg or anything like that and if you look at any new media companies like barstool sports or morning brew like they all have communities but you're starting to see this convergence of tech and media. And I think every tech company should be saying, Hey, how can we build a community around our company? And you're seeing like, even in oil and gas, like someone that's doing a really good job on this is combo curb. Combo curb has a really Mm -hmm. engaged community and has evangelists out there for them. But I start looking at, okay, how do you use NFTs in effect for communities? And, you're seeing this right now. Two of our two of our investors in digital wildcatters have bored ape uh, NFTs. Do you see? Which, did you see their stories this weekend on Instagram? Yeah, I've been watching their stories all weekend. Yeah. They're up in New York it's City for so the board for the board interesting. Ape it's party so interesting. like it's a community around NFTs and crypto. Yeah, well, that's 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 the value that I think I think a, a lot of people, several people, don't understand what NFTs are at all. Right? They just think they're buying some sort of digital image or something like yeah, that and they're putting JPEG, it up on their yeah. metaverse or whatever they want to do like i mean they don't even think that there's a metaverse yet so they're, they're, <laughs> yeah. they don't understand that but 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 the thing about it is I, I was listening uh actually on my flight back from midland last night um there's a there's a fellow named raul Powell, yep. right and he was having I, I was listening to his conversation with gary vaynerchuk and it's on like it's that um what did he call it it's the it's the commerce of culture mm-hmm. right like the, it's 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 actually turning that whole world uh that we know now upside down in in, in several years and it's happening very quickly yeah and and i i, I started to chastise my, my son all the time for spending any money in Fortnite, but i'm like realizing it's all coming together in my head like i've always you know in the background understood but now i really understand that's why so a couple of things, you know, talking about chastising your son for spending money on, you know, Fortnite <laughs> yeah, or yeah. in Roblox buying, you know, V-Bucks or whatever, whatever it is. I go through the same thing. I got a 10 and 8-year-old and 5-year-old that are constantly wanting to buy shit in yeah. video games. That's been going on for a long time. You know, uh, you had games like Second Life, uh, World of Warcraft, and I mean, people are Legal building Legends. up characters and selling them. And so, like, you know, this whole idea of the metaverse, it's been happening for a long time. Yeah. Like. Dude, I had growing up, um, you know, on the original PlayStation Network, like I had good friends that I'd never, never met. Yeah. Never even knew what they looked like. But, you know, we're playing Rainbow Six, Three all the time, just spending 15 hours a day with each other. And so one, you know, you're seeing 
now the technology is enabled to where like not Nike just made an announcement yesterday that they're going to start selling uh, their shoes in video games and having NFTs of shoes. Like this, it's real. This episode is brought to you by our partners over at Liquid Frameworks. You know, we talk about all this cutting edge technology every single week. And what's crazy, this is still a lot of VMPs, a lot of oil field service companies are still managing their field operations in Excel and on paper. And it's 2021. That's what's crazy to me. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. It's such a pain. It's time consuming. And all in all, it's just highly inefficient. Luckily for you, Liquid Frameworks has been making people's lives in the field and the back office so much easier for years now. Their field effects platform streamlines communication between accounting, field operations, and office management, all at the touch of a button. Trusted by teams at Liberty Oilfield, Expro, Shaw Core, and numerous others. So if you're still stuck on paper in Excel and thinking about finally making that switch, which you should, check out the website, schedule a demo. We've actually got a link for you to sign up for a custom demo in the show notes. It's liquidframeworks.com forward slash digital wildcatters. Liquid Frameworks is also going to be presenting the field effects platform at the Houston Energy Tech Night on October 27th, 2021. So if you haven't registered for that, you have been to Energy Tech Night before, come check it out. Come see Liquid Frameworks Field Effects Platform live. You'll be there to meet with the team, ask questions, plus a ton of other really cool technologies. So we'll see you guys there. Go check them out. So I'd like to know your thoughts on something here. So because we've got this group of kids that are like our kids' generation, I mean, we're on the cusp of understanding, like we've seen some fantastic things of like starting to use computers at home. I'm a little bit older than you, so it's like yeah. my old DOS screen of was black and orange. Yeah. But um, uh, going going through that whole phase into the web, you know, 2.0 and moving yeah. into 3.0, but our kids are already involved in this. So how is this going to convert our industry in the oil and gas side? Yeah, so I want to, that's what I was actually going to roll this back okay. in because um, on that point, you know, my kid on Roblox he has an oil and gas field. So it's got these pump jacks and it's got some Percy gas does. That's pumps. awesome. Yeah, and guess what he has next door to it? He has a Dogecoin mining farm right yeah. next to it. And I'm like, you know, I'm talking to my buddies, you know, Jay Energy that are up in Wyoming. They're actually mining Bitcoin off of that gas. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sending them pictures. I'm like, yeah, look, my kid's mining <laughs> off of gas in the metaverse. And they're like, holy shit, he's yeah. way far ahead. He's yeah, farther yeah. ahead of uh, than us. It's, and, it's, it's brilliant. But anyways, dude, I've... You know, we've had conversations with the CEO of an EMP that's like, hey, I'm really looking at the metaverse and, you know, we've gone to remote and looking at how, you know, even we can have meetings in the metaverse, you know, just kind of like um, Mark Zuckerberg was showing off the other day. And so if you think that NFTs and metaverse aren't coming into oil and gas, you're wrong because I'm talking to a lot of people that are oil and gas and and they're saying, Hey, how, how can we Mm -hmm. utilize this in our company culture? I never thought these conversations were going to like converge so quickly. (laughs) We've had so many conversations about the metaverse with oil and gas guys in the last three months. So it's it's happening. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. It makes a hundred percent sense. I think about it from, you know, uh, my wife and I had this conversation very early on in during COVID was, I think we need to buy Oculus Rifts and we I think we need them at home so that we can start setting up, like mm-hmm. start finding those spaces online that you can meet and connect with people because yeah. you're so disconnected. Yeah. Right. And I mean, it's, it's awesome to see, you know, 
I'm never going to create them. And maybe, maybe I shouldn't say that. It's just not a passion project yeah. of mine. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I mean, anybody can do anything they want if they put their mind and work to it. But I just, it's just not our world. I mean, yeah. I want the, the space to be there already. The thing is, is, you know, when you talk about the metaverse, here's what I believe is that Web3 and the metaverse is, you know, everyone thinks it's 100% online um environment but it's not and I'll, I'll tell you why the future of social media and web3 is online communities with an in real life component yeah and so we first did this you saw it on eft a bunch of eft anonymous accounts online and then boom get together in person and have a great time you're seeing this with the board yacht or board ape yacht club yeah a bunch of anonymous people with nfts on twitter and now they're getting together in person so this is you know our thesis with collide is that hey we'll have this uh we'll have this energy community on an app but then there's going to be a big in real life component to that as well whether it's through digital wildcatters events or other you know sub community events and so that's what i think web3 is is like you know you and i say that we had a common passion on um hockey whatever it is sure yeah yeah you like hockey, you're Canadian. It's yeah. <laughs> a safe assumption. Yeah. Is that it's, racist? I don't and know. So, anyways, like we're, we're, you know, we uh, be in this digital environment, you know, we're talking hockey and yada, yada, yada. But then we get together and meet up to go go see a game. That's what Web3 is yeah. in, in my mind. And I think what you're seeing with the Board Ape Yacht Club up in New York City is yeah. evidence that that's the way that the future is going. And so, I think in oil and gas, you're going to start, you know, you're going to start to see, you know, blockchain applications out in the field, um, yeah. you know, whether it's block apps, data gumbo, these types, um, just in, in operations, um, you're going to start to see um, EMPs, OFS companies say, hey, how can we use uh, the metaverse for remote workers? Um, you know, you're going to start seeing, um, you know, I know this has been an idea for a long time, but transmitting data to field hands to be able to you know work on that pump if you have a yeah. pump down on a rig or whatever um so that's coming and yeah. i think Thinking it has this, a big deal is with younger people coming up like us that are you know taking over forward thinking so yeah it'll be interesting to see how that evolves over time accounting software built on the bitcoin lightning network yeah Did well i mean and you think about you think about the the ability to even, I mean, timestamp the job that you just finished in some mint into a minted NFT, like on a, on a well, yeah. right? Right when that, right when that well finishes, boom, there it is. And then that, yeah. that uh, operator owns yeah. that, that well, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then that's... that, that asset can go along with the physical component later mm -hmm. on. Yeah. There's so much, like, we're trying to, uh, I'm thinking about it from like, cause we're, we're, we're surface equipment, right? Yeah. So we do like trying to figure out that how, how we apply. And I, I get the, the community side of things. Yeah. Um, but I think from, uh, from our perspective, we need, we would almost leverage, I, I can't get bridge the gap in my head right now. Like we yeah. would leverage a community like yours yeah. to be in, to be involved with because there's commonalities there. Yeah, for right? sure. For um, sure. That's what I like going through like different business models and trying to understand like, hey, how does it affect like, yeah, it affects us way different than it affects your company, right? Yeah. So um, it's interesting to kind of like think through those different business models and see how it can be applied. There, there, there's a tr there's a very interesting thing that Ralph Paul said in one of the ones I was listening to with him late recently about um, 
not trying to make a shot across any VC or PE company or anything. I just don't know. That's not my space. But but that's what he was talking about, raising money through your communities now. You don't need the middleman. It's, 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 it's that democratization of money, right? So Yeah, I mean, we've talked about doing a crowdfund for our community to allow them to participate in digital wildcatters. Yeah. Just like, why would we not turn to the people that... Are part of the community to v- participate yeah like, like you, you know gary vaynerchuk yeah you're what i'm watching that whole thing and just seeing it like i'm trying to figure out it, figure me, it you'll, out from, you'll see an nft from yeah. digital wildcatters at some point like yeah. we think about it a lot and so yeah. nft will be coming out just uh we have a few ideas but yeah that's um we'll sh- share on the hardware side because we're, we're trying to get our uh, we're, <laughs> we've got some like i said we've we've come to the culmination point with this joint and pipe injector where we've done 10 two years of testing yeah and we're right at that front end of everybody in the industry wants to be first to be second. Yeah. So we're like, okay, guys, it's there. It's tested. It's working. And we're like, we're trying to get over that hump. It's always getting that that first yeah. one, right? No one ever it, wants to be. The, yeah. The and, and I get it. There's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of perceived risk. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like interesting because like you see neighbors um, has an automated rig, you know, fully automated yeah. running out in the Permian right now and so some of these drilling companies are definitely they're, they're yeah trying stuff oh absolutely absolutely that 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 world excites me to no end because like like when i was there was two things that kind of ran through my head when i was young one was um everyone's familiar with harry stamper there on uh um uh, armageddon and yeah. he's running the running when he's drilling on the asteroid and he's got this like He's sitting in this cab and the, and the joint's right beside him and he's trying to just shove everything in, almost <laughs> like a snubbing jack, right? Yeah. And then, uh, and, and, and like taking that whole thought process and I had this whole idea in my head that eventually our company would build like Autobots drilling, like Transformers. Yeah. So you'd roll out on location and just like, like, please do that. Please do that. That would be so cool. And you got to have the speaker, right? You got to have like, but, um, but. But so, so, so I, I'm tying this back to our twin pipe injector, but the thing, the thing about that technology, uh, is that now we have it like that's, that's what we developed. So, um, just to kind of give you like a high level of where that fits in the, in the architecture, like you've got a drilling rig, it comes out, it drills a well, right? You've now you bring out your, um, like your cold bore guys like that EQT, uh, yeah. Evolved thing. That was perfect. Yeah. So they, they come in, they, 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 they plug and perf, but after that, you've got this whole world in our in our oil and gas industry that's 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 there's everyone's vying for for some new technology right now because you've got I think Toby Rice said something about their 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 strategy with EQT was to drill five thousand feet longer than everyone else and a little bit bigger. I think I I can't remember exactly how he yeah, put it. Yeah, and get continuous pumping. Yeah, on their frag jobs. So exactly. So 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 then you you have this massive problem because coil tubing can no longer reach the depths that they're going, right? Mm-hmm. And so then the the benefit to coil tubing is you have continuous circulation. Uh, you can't rotate, but you but you but you have the continuous circulation, and you can pretty much run in without anybody standing beside the injector. Mm-hmm. You know, you're 100 feet away. You're in a nice air condition control cab. You have a few guys on site, but they friction out. Or they, you know, they helically buckle or whatever, because they just can't, the, the surface equipment isn't there to go 25, 30,000 30, 30, feet. Some mm-hmm. of those wells in Pennsylvania are getting to 32. Yeah. Um, so then that puts a snubbing jack in, right? But a snubbing jack, like six, seven years ago, there's companies out there that have done fantastic jobs marketing them. There's, they've done 
amazing training, amazing. Like they, they've got, there's some amazing companies out there doing what they're doing right now, but they've answered the call of the industry because nobody else can do it unless you're bringing in a massive drilling rig with a, you know, a rig assist model. But what we did with the JPI was we, we basically built a coil tubing unit, but the gripper blo- it, the, the, the technology, and we've got worldwide patents on it now, are, are, is a split gripper block that walks over the coupling. Mm-hmm. So if, if you go back to a drilling rig and you think, okay, a drilling rig has got a set of blocks and it's got a set of slips. Mm-hmm. So you were used to, you know, like popping the elevators open or, 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 or pulling the slips or whatnot. You don't have to transfer load anymore. That's the benefit of coil. You're just always gripping. Yeah, you have a continuous, yeah, right? continuous load going on. Yeah, you're not having to transfer, you know, pull slips and exactly. Yeah. And so you, so what you do is, is we're 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 positioning this tool as sort of like a, a there's there's always going to be space for coil and there's always going to be space for snubbing jacks. But this tool actually can be operated by a snubbing jack company or a coil tubing company, and they can get all the benefits of jointed pipes. So you can go larger. You can reach further. You can rotate. Um, and, and, and you can continuously run. So you don't have to transfer load tens of thousands of times per well. And it's massive, massive, right? Yeah. So, okay. This is really interesting. I'm trying to picture it in my head. You said, you know, it could be used on a snubbing unit or coil tubing. Um, let's look at it on a snubbing unit, um, basis. How does the tool actually like? How does the injector actually mount? How does it? Is that going to be on top of the, on top of the wellhead? Where yeah. is it? Where is it going to be? Yeah, just like just like a snubbing jack is right now. So yeah. instead of in the place of the of the rams that are moving ten feet, yeah, you're you're basically taking off everything on top of the annular and you're bolting the injector right on top of the annular. Okay, and then there's a work floor above it. Yeah, and and so we actually remove the people from the floor. So our 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 world is hydraulic motion control like i said you know hydraulic electrical mechanical subject matter experts yeah the stuff that we've built on the floor was built nine nine almost 10 years ago now yeah for other jobs and for other things so it's not like it's there's no science project there all that stuff's been done yeah um and so what we're doing is we're melding everything that we've uh we've done in the past in this application so we're making upgrades to the surface equipment uh, or to the to the floor equipment the catwalk. So, you know, let's let's kind of break down a snubbing unit operation for yeah. those that um, may not be familiar with it. So, you got a snubbing unit. You know, you usually have your you have your wellhead, all your wall control uh, equipment, and then floor is usually elevated, yeah, pretty pretty high. Um, you know, twenty feet off the ground sometimes. Yeah, so, you know, dangerous operation too. Um, and then. Explain to us, you know, how a snubbing unit works in terms of, you know, you put in a joint of pipe. Yeah. And then it, you know, it runs down and you've got, you know, a series of, um, you know. Uh, Equalization spool. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah, trying to sure. figure out how to describe it to yeah. someone that wouldn't be familiar with it. Okay. So, so yeah. So, so like you said, Colin, you've got, um, you've got your primary BOP stack, so your safety valving on the bottom, and then you've got uh, some stripping rams. Mm-hmm. And in between your stripping rams, you have an equalization spool. So, uh, and then right on top, you'll have an annular. And this is just generally speaking. There might be very yeah. different. There's wellheads yeah. can change, as everyone knows, yeah. in heights and all sorts of things. Sometimes there's lubricators on top, depending on how big the BHA or whatever job they're doing. So yeah, they can get really high, really, yeah. really high. 
Yeah. Um, and then on top of all of that is the jack that's mounted. So the jack is essentially a set of stationary slips with um, uh, that that sit up on the floor or you know under the floor there, and then you've got a set of traveling slips, and then and, and you've got dies in both directions. So dies on the slips they bite when they have load against them. Mm-hmm. So you have a uh, a set of heavy and light or snubbing and you know heavy. So. Um, the stationary slip slips slips are always they're stationary, but you're resetting the traveling slips constantly. Yeah. And the and 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 part of the challenge for snubbers, and this is they they get very, very good at that, like like or at this, but they have to do so many mental calculations because they have to know the wellhead pressure. They have to their job is their their whole job in life uh, is 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 to make sure that they're containing and managing managing pressure, mm-hmm. right? That's that's what they do. So um, they're going to push the pipe into the well or pull it out of the well with the set of traveling slips, but entirely manual. So mm-hmm. it's all like if you've ever watched, if you YouTube snubbing operations, those guys are flying, but they're running five or six hydraulic levers every time they swing their hands up and down. And for one joint of pipe, a 30-foot joint of pipe, um, in a in a manual setting without looking at the at the stripping rams and equalizing pressure or doing anything there, you have 17 manual motions. So mm-hmm. if you're going in under no pressure and you can truly take 10 foot strokes, um, uh, then 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 that's 17 motions. As soon as you have pressure in the well and you've got unsupported length between either the bottom ram or the top ram and the traveling slips or or whatever, then now you you can you can't take as much of a stroke. So maybe you're only taking a four foot stroke and you go from 17 motions to 30 motions in, in that, right? Yeah, that's what, it's a very tedious process, right? Yes. And so um, someone listening to you right there, it's like, oh shit, that's complicated because you're constantly having the open up valves and you just said, you know, 17 motions and yeah. you're making full, you know, four feet, five feet at a time. You're having to snub it in Yeah. and it's just a very um, tedious and... Um, you have to have some patience for it and very dangerous as well. Like you yeah. said, their entire job is managing pressure. Guess what? You slip up there and you allow pressure to come back. Um, you know, I've seen, I've personally seen guys blown off of a snubbing unit yeah. floor and it's uh, not good. Um, so y'all solution, if it was to be deployed there, how does it, how does it help the process? Explain that. Yeah, 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 for sure. So we go from 17 or 30 motions just with, with that injector to one. So, so that's massive. We don't transfer the load. There's, yeah. so, so, so that's the biggest fundamental you have two change. Two sets two sets of slips. We don't. Snubbing, no, on a snubbing on unit. A snubbing on a snubbing unit. Yeah, you, yeah. you have your uh, stationary slips and then traveling slips. That's right. Essentially, you guys are going to be able to eliminate that, right? Yeah, we take that out of the way. And then what we do is, is the injector actually is mounted on top so of, of the wellhead. So we, we minimize, what, like pretty much eliminate the buckling length, yeah. right? So because that's a fixed distance, if, if, it, if we do choose to, to, to keep a work window in there, which, which a lot of guys, well, we need a work window. So there's the only discussion in packaging is whether or not that work window opens and closes or if we just permanently guide it and then the guide comes out for for any, uh, any, any work that needs to happen. But that's part of the packaging stuff that we're working with several different OFSs and oil companies that all see the value in it. They're, 
they're um like i said first to be second right yeah so um so we're actually putting together the plan for starting a build in q1 we've built a unit so just to dial dial back in in the beginning of 2019 we built sort of a, a bunch of the gripper blocks and we went down the ikea model testing tens of thousands of cycles like with with the gripper blocks so we yeah. built the cast steel units through them through uh through them through all these tests and then we put them out then once we proved that to us ourselves we built the full injector so the, yeah. the and, and since then we've done about two million feet through the injector into our test well and out yeah that unit though was only designed to go to hundred thousand pound hook load yeah so it, you know we can go up into the the next nominal sizes and really the met the system that we want to build for the states is a three hundred thousand pound unit yeah so just equivalent to the 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 jacks that exist right now yeah Right. Yeah. So the so so back to the benefits of that. Essentially, what you have is um you you you're marrying the speed of coil, and the safety of coil, and moving the guys a hundred feet away into a control cab, and and you're cleaning up, not cleaning up, but you're. You might be uh, working to a different crew of people, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of guys don't want to be forty feet in the air in the cold and and. Yeah fighting with no, pressure snubbing unit hands are the real deal man they are I mean, they're 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 being rock stars yeah. they really are everyone talks about roughnecks having dangerous jobs i'm like man you look at snubbing unit hands yeah. like it doesn't get much more dangerous than that but the tool the tool that we like we want to we want to bring that tool to that 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 community right yeah. because that's their that's that's kind of uh that's their world. And we want those snubbers to lead the well servicing industry right from top to bottom. Yeah. Because this gets rid of all the hoisting, all the transferring of load, whether it's stationary slips and, and, a, and a block on a, on a drilling rig or on a service rig. Yeah. Or it's a traveling set of slips on a, on a snubbing jack. Right? Yeah. Man, really, uh, I want to come see this. Like, I want to come see it in action because I'm trying to, like, trying to visualize it. And I'm yeah. like, man, this, like, you're, if it works... Yeah. The way that you say it works, like I'm like, man, that's some cool shit. Like that, that yeah. can change entire processes. We we've had we've had a, a, several people up actually just before COVID, um, to see the unit, and uh, we could be having the conversation right just like this, and we'd be standing beside it, be running my pipe into the well. Yeah, and, and there's it's it's so quiet, it's super anticlimactic. Um, which I can't say <laughs> the like same it's too, about. It's too boring. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, because people come up and they look at it and they go, oh yeah, it does, it does what you said it does. And then they just walk away. They're like, like, okay guys, like, let's we, get this moving. We should compare and contrast. Let's just, let's yeah, video yeah. it the old way and then let's see how you guys are doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. always funny. Like, yeah. when I ran expandable casing, like, I would have, I mean, you always had an audience. Like, I remember Chesapeake one time brought out like 20 engineers to run, watch me run this tool. Like I'd walk them through the tool and then I'd run it down, I expand it. I'm like, yep, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, like I can't make it more exciting for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is, it's it is. We we've got a we we definitely have to figure out uh how maybe we can make it more exciting, like maybe fireworks <laughs> or something. Like, fireworks, it's not really yeah, liven like, it up. Yeah. yeah. Well, if someone's listening to this, you know, they're on the drilling side, um, where can they find you guys at? You know, what's what what's y'all's website? Um, I'm sure they can find you on LinkedIn speaking of, you know, being, uh, yeah. being visible and having content. Yeah. So our website's www. Oh, that's, I 
killing myself. Why do I even say it? Everyone knows it's <laughs> www. It was, it was something I was listening to last night. We were talking about HTTP. Um, yeah, so it's automatedrig.com. Automatedrig.com. Yeah. All right, we'll leave a link to that in the show notes. And then, yeah, look up look up yeah. uh, on LinkedIn and find you over there. It's uh, not, not pronounced Richard, the last name. Richard. Richard. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Donnie and Yusuf had it right. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, man, appreciate you coming on the show. Really fascinating yeah, stuff. Yeah, uh, Hopefully, sometime we can uh, come come up there and yeah. uh, get a get a sneak peek at it. Anytime, if, you, if you're up, like, yeah, we only need one day's notice if our shop isn't jammed busy. We just need to pull one guy out to get awesome. it running. So, awesome. Perfect. Thanks yeah. for coming on the show, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah. This was awesome, guys. Thanks a lot. If you guys haven't signed up for the uh, BDE newsletter, it goes out every single week. Go check it out. Catch you guys in the next episode. Come, 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 come.